Hey everyone, it's Emmanuel. I have a huge hangover, and so do Carly and Jamidro from our live event, which went really well. We were in Clueless Drag. Bob the Drag Queen was there. So was Zara Norbosh and Kendra McKinley. It was Cray Cray Banane. And word to the wise, if you've been drinking rum for most of the evening and then you decide to switch to tequila, don't. Just don't do it. So we're not going to record a new episode today, and I'm definitely not editing one. We're just going to share with you an interview we did with iHeartRadio a few weeks ago. It'll give you a peek behind the curtain of what it's like to make the cooler and all the cute BTS action you could ever ask for. And if you weren't able to make it out to our live show, don't worry, you can listen to it next week. So stay tuned for that. Until then, enjoy this interview with Access Podcast from iHeartRadio. Okay, so joining me, uh, Manuel, Jamitra, and Carly from The Cooler. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> I, I should say everybody's name, and then they can talk so people know who you are. Hi, Carly. How are you? I'm doing great. How you're, are you? You're the, like, the, like, I just want to hear you talk all day. <laughs> I was listening to the show today, and I was like, oh, if I had that voice, I would, it's like I would say, like, I see guys that are really buff. I'd be like, I would never wear a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> And if I had your voice, I would just be like doing voiceover all day. Well, it's funny because the common misconception folks have about me is that I'm actually a very posh person, which I am not. Oh, you're, you do. <laughs> see, you, well, you have the posh accent. Sound it. I'm not posh. You even say it. I know. <laughs> She's more of a sporty spice. Exactly. Very uh, much so. And if you couldn't guess, that was manual. Hi. Hello, I'm splendid. I also am British. <laughs> oh, God. It's, it only took two minutes for hey. the British accents to come out. Oh, Let gosh. me live. Yeah. And, and Jamidra. Hi, I'm currently working on my Wakandan, so I'll have an accent oh. soon enough. Oh, We're going to talk about that. I listened yeah. to the episode. I had, a, I had a friend, one of my students who was African-American, who posted, Wakanda is not real. And the amount of hate he got... <laughs> It is real in my mind. Well, and, so, I, and I listened to your podcast, and that's what I was like, okay, it's a state of mind. It's a state of mind. You know? I, I do want to talk about that. But, but before we start, we're, we're, in a, we're in our podcast studio. And usually when I have guests on, nobody ever wants to come see me. They're on the phone. So it's nice to have people in front of me. But we're also on camera, mm-hmm. which I don't know if I like. What do you think of people videoing podcasting? Because to me, a podcast, it, the, the whole thing is the intimacy of the voice. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about video? I'm biased because my day job at KQED is so, social media. I'm a social media strategist for KQED in addition to doing the cooler. So this is something that I would ask other folks to do. But when I'm in the host's chair, it, it feels odd. Like I keep wanting to flick my eyes down to this camera here that's in front of me. I can see this like <laughs> shadow form of myself. It's odd, but I kind of like it. Oh, yeah. For our show, I'm glad we don't because <laughs> there's a lot we record that we then edit out mm-hmm. yeah. that is and very make ourselves true. seem like really brilliant and amazing. But as someone who wanted to be on The Real World growing up, yes. I love the camera. Hello. Mm. Did, you, did you ever Wait. try? Did you send in a tape or anything? No, because by the time I was of age to do it, it had already jumped the shark. I did, though. Oh. What? You uh, sent real in a world. tape? <laughs> I did not send in a tape. I oh. went to an audition for The Real World, and it was in Berkeley next to the university. Again, I, I was not selected. <laughs> Which season would you have been on? I would have been on the Vegas season. Oh. And I was not 21 yet, so they wouldn't have selected me anyway. Yeah, no. But a friend of mine who was there did kiss Quest. What? Really? Mm-hmm. That's Ran up on him and kissed him. Why has this never come up before? I have my secrets. I can't tell you everything about me. We See, all the time. Here's the difference in generations. <laughs> See, when I think about, I think about Puck. That's about oh, yeah. that's real world for me. And uh, I had a friend who made out with Adam Sandler when he was on Remote Control. <laughs> wow. When they what were a claim do- to fame. Yeah, Remote Control was 
one of the best shows what ever. Is, what on is Remote Control? None <gasps> of these shows made it across oh the pond. Speak to well, me as Remote if I'm Control five. Remote Control was uh, an MTV game show with Ken Ober. It was from his basement, and Colin Quinn did the was the announcer, and Adam Sandler was like a monkey boy kind of funny funny thing on the show, and it was fantastic. So he didn't start on SNL. That's what I always. No, thought. he started. Hmm. He started on MTV. I learn every day. I'm a teacher. That's what I'm here to do. <laughs> He's like, that is why I'm here. You're like, you're welcome. Here's the invoice. <laughs> so speaking of a new generation, you know, NPR has long been the bastion of, of a certain kind of, of talk programming and, mm-hmm. and a certain kind of show. Seven years, or I guess it was almost nine years ago, a friend of mine started uh, the Dinner Party Download. And when, he, uh, and when he started it, it was he and another guy uh, uh, down in uh, L.A. at NPR. And the quote to me was, Matt, Garrison Keillor's got to die someday. Ooh. And, and no, no, there's nothing Ooh. against Garrison. I love Garrison Keillor. But Ooh. the point being that there has to be some new, you know, younger blood coming up and doing shows on NPR because these older shows are, you know, kind of aging out. And also there's an audience at NPR that is, you know, at the time it's like like us that, that likes yeah. likes talk. How do you feel and do you feel that you are start part of that, that new voice of, of NPR? Ooh, are we the voice of a generation? We're part of a renaissance. <laughs> We're a voice of a generation. Okay, Lena Dunham, calm down. Well, I didn't like saying that, but I felt that I had to. It is really tricky as well, especially when you have kind of that mission statement saying, we're trying to do something new. And I don't know, then you really have to live up to it. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I don't know, like working within the NPR framework. And just to be clear, we are not the first folks uh, at NPR or at NPR stations to do pop culture, to take on pop culture or to have a cult- like a podcast that talks about pop culture. We've never been under any illusions that we are kind of pioneering right. that. Yeah. And no, I mean, I, I, I think that the, the, the type of podcast you do and the quality of it is it is different. And it and it does it does feel younger than the other uh, NPR pop culture podcasts that, that I've heard. How do you guys feel? I mean, it's a lot of it, it's a heavy backpack to put on when you talk about the NPR moniker because people have a certain expectation about what we should be, how we should be, how intellectual we should be, and so you know, a lot of people think that pop culture is not something they should be talked about on public media. I disagree, mm. um, and I think that we talk about it in a fun in a smart way and we also uh, because as is, as with our generation we cannot separate the pop culture from a lot of the social issues that are happening right now so I guess we are sort of like introducing a new voice into public media yeah there definitely was a pressure when we first started to be NPR and to wear the name proudly and mm-hmm. not embarrass the brand and specifically for our station KQED mission not accomplished <laughs> <laughs> I joke, I joke. So for the first couple episodes, you can like go back and listen, and we are very buttoned up, and we're kind of nervous, and we actually talked about Shakespeare on our first episode. Oh, God. We were just trying so hard not to get mean comments because I also write for KQED, and so when I write something or produce a podcast, people come and say things like, I donated to NPR. Mm-hmm. I donated to the station. I own you. You should be fired because I don't like what you're doing. Really? Mm-hmm. That happens all the time. Are there NPR trolls? Oh. Beyond. I can att- as someone who works in on KQBD's social media daily, I can attest to that. Mm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well there's Shame a lot of folks on you, people. That, you know, to Emmanuel's point, like folks feel ownership of public media and that yeah. is absolutely right and proper. But they're not gonna like everything you do. Mm-hmm. And you have to listen when they say you don't that they don't like it. Can I get mad when they have very boring lectures on in the middle of the evening when I'm trying to like you know do other things you surely can it's public media 
Oh my god. Get Deals? your pitchfork. <laughs> Storm the station. Pitchfork emojis. Just, <laughs> like, so you said that there is a certain pressure and and how often are, do you come across a topic and I mean and have to debate amongst yourselves before you even do it? Ooh. Well, what springs yeah. to mind was and, and this is a safe place. You're is not it? on you're <laughs> on you're on a safe place that you're just being recorded. You're on iHeartRadio. We no don't worries. care about anything. <laughs> just say it. You're on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Yes. Safe place. No pressure. I think right after the election there was some recalibrating. <sighs> yeah. At our station, like, okay, we need to show both sides. Can you guys all be upfront about being for civil rights, gasp, um, and things like that? And so the first couple of weeks after that, we definitely had to have some conversations mm. um, with people who work at our station of what we could say. Mm -hmm. And when it seemed like maybe we wouldn't be able to talk about politics and social justice, then we were like, well, that then that's not our show. Mm. We talk about pop culture, but everything's informed by politics especially in November. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But thankfully, they let us do what we want, and we get to just be ourselves. Yeah, which is pretty great. Yeah. I mean, like, not to sound trite, but, like, that's the pop part of pop culture, like, popular. Like, this is the stuff that surrounds us. Like, this is why we care about it. It infuriates me, and I hope it infuriates you too, when yeah. people <laughs> dismiss pop culture as just something that it, it, you do it in your spare time. You read and you talk about it, and it's it's not worthy of debate or it's it's low. It's like it's the exact opposite. It's the stuff around you. It's your life. It's the stuff you listen to and consume every day. If there's not something that's... I, I don't know. If there's something that's more important, I, I don't really know what that is. Yeah, pop culture <laughs> extends past Kim Kardashian. I think that's what people think about. When they think pop culture, they're like, oh, Kim Kardashian. It's bigger than that. Everybody has a form of pop culture that they love and enjoy. It is bigger than Kim. There's Chloe, Kylie, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kendall. There's a lot of them. We walked yes. into that one. Yes. <laughs> well, I, and here's something I, I, I say to people all the time that I tell them, you should be grateful for Donald Trump. And they go, why? And I go, Donald Trump has made politics pop culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When was, before Donald Trump, how many people you knew, I mean, maybe you because you're real smart and you work at NPR, yeah, but how many people paid attention to what was going on in, in Washington and what bills are being passed? And, 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 and as, as all the bad that he's brought, I, I feel like that's maybe part of the good that that is now kind of part of, part of the pop culture vernacular is talking about politics. People are much more aware, and I think you can see this generation, uh, or recently people have gotten more active. So it's like beyond just even knowing or being aware, but people are taking to the streets. People are protesting. People are standing up for what they believe in. So I guess we can say thanks for that. Well, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm not going to go overboard here and be like, you know, thank God for Donald Trump. But you know what I'm saying, though? No, I do. Yeah, It's visibility as well. I feel like stuff is on display so much more than ever before. And when it's on display, you tend to look at it and you see it and then you talk about it. And this is what we're doing. This stuff was existing before, but no one was really looking at it. Mm -hmm. And we're looking now. It's like the bright light is shining on it. It's so important. Like, why wouldn't people care about this stuff? Ugh. Is it the bright light? <laughs> or is it the gaslight? Oh. <laughs> There's a lot of that going on. Someone had three coffees this morning, and wow. I applaud that. So I want to talk about how you ended up in, in radio and working for NPR and then eventually you know, going into podcasting. Uh, Radio is not, the, the, not as cool as it used to be. Mm. You know, when I started in radio, everybody wanted to be in radio. And I started teaching radio about seven years ago, and my students didn't listen, didn't have much to do with it. And that's really been changing lately because of podcasting. 
What made you decide, you know what, this is, this is the form of media for me, the, the voice. What, what got you involved with, with radio? Um, let's start with Jamidra. Oh, was it a decision or did it just happen? Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sometimes that's... Did you choose radio or did yeah. radio choose you? So, so I think I'm probably the only one in the group who actually studied broadcasting. So I went to school for broadcasting, specifically radio and television at San Francisco State. Shout out, Becca. <laughs> um, and... You know, the funny thing is, we didn't have a radio frequency. So we didn't have a radio station per se, but what we did have was podcasting. So I'm not going to tell you what year this was, because you don't need to be in my business like that and know how old I am exactly. <laughs> but at the time, podcasting was not a thing. So my friends who were over at San Jose State in another program would make fun of us because they thought that podcasting was a joke. So now I'm laughing. Um, but I always wanted to work in media in general. Um, and I'm from the Bay Area, so KQED, which is the PBS NPR affiliate for San Francisco, was right there. Uh, so I went and I worked, but I didn't plan on being on the radio and I didn't plan on being on television. I planned on being sort of in the advertising and market, marketing side of things, which is what I did. I ended up working in social media. Uh, but I also ended up meeting Emmanuel. And Emmanuel and I used to chit-chat about pop culture in the hallways and just throughout work in general and eventually he approached me about doing what we do, but recording it. It's a great handoff. <laughs> Thank you for the baton. Yes. <laughs> we, are we in the Olympics? Yeah. Oh, they're not over yet. Gold this medal. is this is just what I teach when I do radio. I'm like, you have to pass the ball, and she just she sent you a lob. I loved it. There you go. Uh, you missed out uh, detail about when we would talk at your cube. The oh. side eye from your boss. Oh, side it's eye. Like she has to work, and I'm like, they can wait. But I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. But for me, I started as an intern at KQED, and I worked on a podcast pre-serial. So, like, podcasting was like, oh, what's that? How do you even find it? iTunes? What? And it was a literature podcast called The Writer's Block, and I got to meet amazing people like Patti Smith and David Sedaris and John Waters and all these people. And then that went away, and I started a pop culture blog to reach the millennials because <laughs> KQED was interested in latching on to this mythical known as the millennial how do we get their interest how do yes. we capture it yes. and study it yeah and <laughs> <laughs> just be clear that is not what KQED does <laughs> I'm just picturing a big net I know exactly. sticking pins in it yeah but you know it's not rocket science if you want millennials to be interested in content have other millennials create content for people that they know that they're their friends and whatever and so that was successful and then from that the cooler was born, and I approached Jamidra and also Carly because we would have pop culture conversations in the hallway, and we all have very different perspectives, and I thought it would be great to have a show where not everyone just agrees, mm -hmm. and sometimes we get into it. Hashtag Stranger Things. <laughs> and that's a lob off to Carly because she has a lot of opinions about oh, that. Oh, Christ. <laughs> the Stranger Things is such an albatross like around my neck. Yeah, I and you'll have to expand upon that because I have no idea what you're talking so about. So I'm pro and she's anti. What do you mean you're anti? I think I'm the one percent of humans that don't enjoy Stranger Things as much as all the other humans. You're entitled to your wrong opinion. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, and you're entitled to your wrong opinion exactly. about Stranger. Exactly, that's why this is, this is a beautiful country. Remember when we mentioned those NPR and KQED trolls? Yeah, yeah, they were not happy about. They that came opinion. for me. Well, it doesn't help as well when you do a, a very considered write-up yeah. for your editor. That's you, Emmanuel, that's me, yeah. and then your editor gives it the title. Hear me out. Stranger Things is not that good. That was her opinion. I think that that's valid title. Title. I like to think my original headline was a little bit more on the fence. What than was cowardly. your original headline? Oh, something like super like cowardly. And 
ridiculous. Yes. And he just drew it hey, right out. Hey, everybody. I just, no, just, just to my know, opinion. I think my I may have used the word overrated. Uh, oh, that's even worse. See, bit. I helped her. And she is mad about what it. What I will say, though, is season two makes season one look incredible. I'm going back and looking at season one with fresh eyes. I'm not going to rehash this. No. Don't look at me no. like that, Emmanuel. I, but, but I, feel I, bad. I feel caught up, though. I feel like I'm caught up. So. Basically, I don't like it because I think it's a big, uh, I think it plagiarizes rather than pays its homage. I think if you really want to enjoy that period, don't wallow in fake nostalgia that's been cooked up in the lab for you, millennial, um, or someone who grew up in the 80s. Just go and watch Poltergeist or Stand By Me or any of those other movies that it rips off. Do you, do you want to hear Why something awful? I have a, I teach a podcast in class and a student is doing a podcast about Santa Cruz. He's from Santa Cruz. Mm. And I'm like, oh, you're going to talk about Lost Boys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd never heard of Lost Boys. <laughs> have you guys heard of Lost Boys? <laughs> oh, vaguely. Oh, my gosh. I have, but I haven't seen it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Go watch Lost Boys. Me. You can't it's be from great. the Bay Area if you, if you, no, sorry. I'm not. <sighs> I won't even sing the Quiet Little Children. I'm feeling so old. So let's get to your story. <laughs> I started off working in a, an art museum. Back in the UK, and weirdly, I used really to, yeah. an art museum <laughs> with that accent. Oh, but she's not posh, everybody. No, I'm just walking right into this one. I used to make podcasts for this art museum. I used to kind of work in a communications role and uh, used to make little tiny podcasts, which, looking back, probably weren't that great. But I was the only person who was doing it, and I was given free reign, and I absolutely loved doing it. And then I, I kind of put all that aside for oh, several years, moved out here, uh, started working. I used to work at San Francisco Ballet. And then I. But she's not posh. No, but I'm not posh. (laughs) (laughs) Fake news, fake news. I don't buy that at all. It's like you're just putting up a big mirror, and I finally see Uh, myself as I'm ripping it right now. This has turned into a roast of Carly. I'm so sorry for starting that with the stranger. I love all all the beady eyes on me, just watching me like melt. Um, And then I came to KQED, um, where I work in social media. I met these fine people, and it genuinely was. Just like these guys say, we just used to have separate, weirdly separate conversations about pop culture. Because yeah. Demetra and I, A, didn't know each other that well, and B, didn't talk about pop culture when we did talk. Mm-hmm. What did we talk about? Probably, you, probably work. Probably art and ballet. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah. What kind of tea we're having? What did we do? Let's go to the theater together. <laughs> but yeah, and then it literally started like that. We just tried stuff out. Some of it was great, some of it was terrible. We junked the terrible stuff, elaborated on the good stuff, I hope. So, you know, <laughs> one thing I tell people when they they come up to you at a party and, and, you know, I've done a lot of talk radio and they're like, I can do what you do. My friends and I talk and it, it's, oh, gosh, I want to do that. I can do that. Rude. And you also, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, would you go tell a surgeon you can do what he does because you've watched MASH? Um, but the point is that when you do it right, it sounds effortless and it sounds, it does sound like I'm eavesdropping in on a conversation um, I just want, to, I want you to speak to how that process was to start and how it's evolved for you guys, because uh, it does sound effortless, but I do know that there's a lot that goes into sounding that effortless. God, yeah. It's like oh, the yeah. swan. Yeah. It just it looks great from up top, but down below, it's a like it's a big old mess. <laughs> <laughs> Our little claws are just, you know. She's not posh, but she's doing swan references swan, now. Too. Exactly. <laughs> swan Lake is my favorite ballet. I'm sorry. I just I pile on. I'm sorry. I but think that it is not. It's not effortless, but I think we've got more of a more of a rhythm than we did when we first started, uh, because all of us are pretty talkative people, and we have to talk about a certain topic. Or sometimes when we're interviewing people, we have to figure out where we fit in the conversation. Um, I remember when I, very early in our interview process, we'd be like, "Okay, you ask one question." 
and then you ask another question and then you ask another question or else we could just go on forever. Yeah. yeah. We had to script it and stick to it because otherwise we only have an hour usually and we can easily go for like five hours. Oh my God. Yeah. But no one wants to edit that. And no one wants to listen to that. So exactly. We try to keep it tight. And as these two know, I usually come in with like five pages that are highlighted. <laughs> and I have my notes. Yes. All of the all of the words are highlighted. <laughs> all of the words are all highlighted. of them basically. If you listen really carefully to each episode, you can hear that gentle kind of yeah. sound of the highlighter. <laughs> you can hear me trying to drink tea surreptitiously and not yeah. getting away with it. Yeah. yeah, you can just hear all these little and kind you, of incidental sounds. And I'm just giggling the entire time, which yeah. I love. Yeah. <laughs> but just watching you three right now. And, and I think it's probably good that we are we are on camera. Uh, you have the characteristics of every good talk show I've worked on, which is the eye contact. Mm -hmm. And you're as you're finishing, uh. you're looking here and giving him the. You do that eye handoff, and and that's and that comes with. It's not something I I, I had to go to L.A. to work for for uh, somebody, and and they wanted that like the first day, and I told him I was like it doesn't happen like that. Yeah. It, it takes some mm -hmm. time, right? It yeah. takes time. You have to fall in love with your co-host's faces Obviously. so that you're always looking at They're them. They're easy to I love. just love them. <laughs> this is a marriage. It's like a... Yeah. 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 I don't know about you guys, but I have so much... I had respect before, but I have so much more respect even for folks who do this because I think, to your point about it, if it seems effortless, there's so much work going on behind the scenes. And I think I really under, like, naively underestimated the amount of work that goes into making something look easy and spontaneous. Um, and those first couple of episodes were like such a rude awakening for me. They're like, oh, this is really hard. People study for this and they do it a lot and then they get really good at it. And to be allowed to kind of continue to improve at it i think we are pretty fortunate in that respect i would say yeah they just kind of like threw us out there in the beginning and they're like let's see if this works maybe it won't maybe you guys will suck good luck and we were just like okay this is on <laughs> us and we actually had a live show like the second week we were mm -hmm. out oh that was nuts. in which we interviewed w kamal bell yeah oh my god yeah. no pressure <laughs> no, no pressure. pressure there at all so gracious about it yeah. <laughs> well if it's a good guest it makes it easier yeah right yeah and we were very scared to a release the podcast <laughs> and b have this live event for people who didn't know who we were we yeah. didn't have a fan base w kamal bell was there and he's like wait what is this again yeah. and we're like we're not even sure and it went really well and that was my lead-in to say that we're actually having a second Oh, Live look event. at you. March 21st at the chapel in San Francisco. Mm. And the theme is 90s slumber party. Can I come? Yeah, of, of course. course. It's going to be so right. fun. Like VIP. We're having fun planning it. We're having fun thinking about it. It's just going to be a good night. I, I think that live doing live podcasts are great for a lot of reasons for for as far as promotion. And and then, you know, if you're in the sales world of, of radio, like it's it's. I think podcasting bring, brings back a lot of what we used to do in radio. And mm. we used to do a lot of live stuff in front of people. We used to talk. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what we get to do with podcasting. It's one of the, the, the selling points I give to radio stations when I go there. That is, you know, listen, you didn't get in your radio for talk for talk to talk for 20 seconds between music. I don't think you did. Maybe you did. But you came to talk. NPR is, it was way ahead on the podcasting. You know, NPR, you know, when I, we started Stitcher 10 years ago, like those were the first good podcasts we had. And pretty much the only really good podcasts we have were from NPR. But NPR for a long time was in the world of making radio shows and turning them into podcasts. And you're part of this new movement of, of 
creating podcasting. Do you see this? Um, is this is this something you see like being encouraged around? Um, are there lots of you know lots of opportunities? Do you think of podcasting moving forward uh, uh, in the NPR front? Uh, I would say yes. Yeah. Um, I feel like there are lots of new podcasts popping up just in KQED in general. So uh, we've we've got the cooler that's been around for what since 2015. Yeah. Oh, wow. When do you put it like that? Oh yeah. Um, uh, we've got a few other ones that have popped up. Bay Curious is another one that's around. So it's uh, a lot more is happening. And the one great thing that I will say, not the one great thing, but one of the great things I will say about working at public media is that it's an environment where you're kind of encouraged to like roll your sleeves up and try things. So they're like, ah. Let's try it. Let's see if it works mm-hmm. out. If it doesn't, then we won't do it again. But they encourage you to do it. Um, and so they gave us the, the ball, and we ran with it. And I'm sure mm-hmm. there will be other people that are coming behind us to run with the ball as well. And it will be fun, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, to that point, I think that's how three – like, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's how like three of the other big ones that KQED come out, has just come out with started just by experimentation. I know Bay mm-hmm. Curious started off like that. Um, the Bay is something that just launched, um, which is like the daily news podcast that they're doing with like a really local slant about the Bay Area. Um, political breakdown like oh, about yeah. California politics, because to your point, everyone cares about politics now. Like this stuff is it's kind of really flourishing. And it's I don't know, it's just really fun to work on as well. Like good people doing it as well, mm-hmm. which is lovely. Do you see the movement from from it used to be, you know, radio going into podcasting, but now you're seeing a lot of podcasting moving onto the air with radio. Hmm. Um, is that something that you eventually want to do? Have the show be part of the the round? Like, as I started off the conversation, Garrison Killers. Well, actually, he's already off the air, but <laughs> that he is. <laughs> but but you know that there that this makes you know by having a f- podcast or kind of a farm system, you know, of like let's build our talent up so that they're ready to go when we want to put them on the air. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think that I think the thing of the beauty about podcasting is that. You have such a wide audience. So I, th- I, can't, I haven't looked at the numbers recently. Emmanuel usually does that. But we have people who listen all over the world. We had some folks. A message from South Africa yeah. the other day. Yes. Yeah. And so when, if, our, if our podcast was on the air, it would be on KQED, which means that it would be in the San Francisco Bay Area. And so I think sometimes those audiences are very different. Mm-hmm. Um, in order for us to be on the radio, if they would even let us on the radio, <laughs> um, we'd have to sort of like have a – we'd have to have a really strong case for – people in this area wanting to hear us talk do yeah. they i think they do yeah. but we would definitely have to approach it differently because sometimes we try jokes that sometimes don't work <laughs> they're a little too on the edge yeah and then i cut them out and if we were on radio i think there would be more pressure and we probably wouldn't be as much of ourselves but mm. we would learn so kqd if you're listening give us a radio spot because you know the more the merrier there was this talk of on April Fool's one year, me and the person that I started KQD Pop the blog with taking over for Michael Krasny, who does Forum, the, oh, yeah. the news show in the morning. And for April Fool's, we would come on and say, hey, we're actually millennials who work here and we're It'd taking so over. so much better than Michael Krasny. Ooh. Oh, I'm sorry. No. For me. For me. Mm-hmm. I like Michael, but I think I'd like to listen to you more. Well, well, that's very that's nice. I don't work at NPR. I can say whatever I want. <laughs> you can. I, like, I like listening to you. I'd rather listen you to can. you any day. We're just okay. gonna sit and smile. Yeah, smile. But that was the idea, <laughs> and then quickly, people at the station were like, "That will create riots in the streets." Oh, if they it would. actually believe that that's happening, and that they forget that it's April Fools. Oh, people take Michael almost as seriously as he takes himself. It, it, it people love him. 
So that Michael has a serious fan base. Oh, I know. Like, oh, I, I know. I'm probably gonna get some hate for for the, that little statement the I just made. Trolls are coming right now, so anticipate. You know what? I embrace. Tr- I, I need some trolls at this point. <laughs> you know, we've only been we've only done like you know what 13, 14 episodes. So uh, yeah, bring it on. Let's get some. Tro- Actually, no. I I think I can handle NPR <laughs> trolls. I deal with radio trolls in the day, so I, NPR, bring it on. Bring so it on. Ryan Murphy's feud season three can be about you. And Michael Krasny mm. in feud. There's no feud. True Detective season three. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I I I like Michael. It's just some days it's I feel like it's a little too like uh, me me me. Some of the stuff. Just to bring it back to the cooler, often, <laughs> often we discuss stuff that people don't like at all. We get people saying like, "Why did you discuss that?" Or "You're totally wrong." Stranger Things. Mm. Or like. I don't know. And like, as we develop, that's one thing that we've had to learn to not be afraid of. Like, as an inveterate coward, I kind of shy away from conflict. And it's weird having to decide to talk about something, knowing that certain people will really hate it. And they'll probably hate you for talking about mm-hmm. it. Do you know uh, what I mean? Like, yeah. Like when you when you're kind of brought up in a certain way to avoid distress and just create comfort wherever you go. The posh way. That's yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. In the West Wing, you know. It's just that's weird. So who acts as the decision maker? Because I'm sitting here right now thinking, gosh, should we cut out the Michael Krasny part? <laughs> because I'm the deci- <laughs> on on this show, I I make that decision. It's too late. It's live now. Um, but who 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 who's the one that makes the final decision, or is that a group conscious? Or I'm looking. I mean, it's this guy right here. Yeah, I kind of felt like that. Yeah, we will. But he takes input. Like we'll say, if I'll say something, and I'll be like, you know what? Maybe we don't. Maybe we shouldn't say that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you could cut that out. Um, but you, I have to give a lot of credit to Emmanuel because most people who work in podcasting or radio or whatever, they they get on air, they do their job, they have a producer that they work with who typically sort of like helps them cut things, manipulate, and make it sound great. Emmanuel has done most of that our entire time himself. Yeah. So we go in, we have the topics, we record, and then he spends time editing it all, whittling it down, uh, contextualizing it for the blog. It it's so yes. So I I typically defer to him unless I feel strongly about something or or if I'm like you know what maybe I shouldn't be on air saying that. <laughs> well, Emmanuel, do you have the? Uh, I'll get the. After I hit publish, fright like, mm-hmm. oh gosh, maybe I should have cut that out. You know, uh, how do you get that? Do you still get that? Um, it's gone now because we've done over a hundred of these episodes. Just slip that little fact okay. in there. Yeah. Hundred plus. By the way, you're now an official podcast. Once you've done a hundred, yes. yes, finally, yes. finally, it's happening. Do we have the rights to that? I don't oh God. Think so. um, but oh, they just yanked us off of YouTube. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Sorry, guys. <laughs> But, yeah, I don't get that feeling anymore because I'm pretty much a perfectionist. So before anything goes out, I listen to it, like, seven times. And then when I meet up with these guys, they're like, oh, my God, how's it been going? I haven't seen you in so long. And I'm like, I feel like we've been hanging out for, like, the past five days. (laughs) You live inside my ears. I've been listening to a conversation we had a week ago seven times. And I'm glad to say new things Mm -hmm. and hear you say new things. Yeah. But, yeah, that feeling's gone. And, you know, people don't like it. That's fine. I always uh, end my show with three killer questions. Is it over already? Very very much a radio thing. This flew by. Trust me, this will take another 20 minutes. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, this is the (laughs) these questions do tend to have their own life. So the first question I ask everybody, and, and and I want you to take a second to think about it, but if you could listen to a podcast featuring anybody living or dead, so like 
your dream podcast? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you my favorite answer I've heard so far was from one of my students who said Bobby Brown and and Whitney Houston. Yes. During the nineties. Like like and I was like, that would have been a good podcast. Yeah. I would like to hear that. So think about it. Mm. Does anybody have anybody off? That's a really good question. Don't steal it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, no promises. (laughs) (laughs) That's what radio is. Okay. So you know two dope queens? (laughs) Yes. Yes. So the idea is two doper queens. No offense to Phoebe and Jessica, I love them. But you know, evolving evolution. It will be Sasha Malia Obama. Oh, yes. And it will encapsulate that photo that you might have seen where Sasha is talking to Ryan Reynolds. And in the background, Malia is giving her thumbs up. Like, yeah, you're yes. doing it. <laughs> so I would love to hear that in audio format. And two dopest queens. <laughs> I like that I'm just like, no, free. I love this. You're this like, is I great. have the title. Concept <clears throat> needs work. Oh, two dopest queens. Cardi B. And Ooh. Tiffany Haddish. Oh, wow. From Girls Trip. Okay, I'm here for that. That would be amazing. I would listen to that, but I think that I would have to turn it off after about 10, 15 minutes. Too I think much? Cardi would grade on me after about 10 or 15 minutes. <laughs> she does a lot of <laughs> like weird. Now, see, like, in my world, noises. I can't make fun of Cardi B because, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's not safe. That's like our Michael Krasny. I was going to say. <laughs> Cardi B's our Michael Krasny. That's quite the job swap, <laughs> okay. isn't it? <laughs> Let's make that happen. <laughs> I feel like I need to see that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Cardi B is our Michael Krasny. <laughs> we might have just created something beautiful. Right? Yeah. There's my. There's another dream podcast. Yeah. Michael and Done. Cardi B. Exactly. He'd be so prepared. I don't know why. When you mentioned it, the first person that came to mind, I was like, no, and tried to dismiss it. But he won't go away. James Brown. Like, I would love. James Brown. James Brown. And I don't know if it's because, you know, mm. I'm a Brown and I hope that we're related, but we're probably not. But I would like a podcast in, that followed his life because he got, I mean, there were some amazing times back in the day, just as evidenced by some of his mugshot photos. Uh, just, <laughs> just to like be in the life, like a day in the life with James Brown and hanging out with celebrity friends. Amazing. The other person that came to mind, Charlie Murphy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, it, it would be great to listen to Charlie Murphy tell stories yes. every day on a podcast. Every single day. Uh, so those are the two people that came to mind for me. Uh. I like that. Oh. I love how I've had the most time to think about it, yet I feel the least prepared with yes. this answer. Um, I'm a big movie dork. Like I just love movie trivia, behind-the-scenes stories. You know those oral histories of movies you get in like Vanity Fair or something? Mm. Some kind of podcast version of that would be amazing if you could get everyone involved mm. and everyone cared enough. You go to AV Club? Yeah. Oh yeah. My, I love the AV Club. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 they have those in, the interviews on there where they talk so about good. back, you know, a scene or, oh, yeah. Can really I tell you the AV Club series I love most, and I harp on this a bunch, uh, A History of Violence, where they talk about action movies and they take action movies seriously as like products of the time they were made in. And there's no sneering, there's no like irony, because irony just kills your soul don't do it like step away from irony it's a terrible <laughs> thing um yeah maybe yeah a history of violence podcast who would host AB it Club. though uh me <laughs> no i'm <laughs> kidding um arnold schwarzenegger i don't know oh oh sly sly's not up to much okay that's mm. true yeah would it be more fun if it was hosted by like john wayne gacy or oh you know, jesus like, yeah <laughs> somebody actually really knows oh, violence I forgot. we can go for dead people it yeah. Can, yeah it can speak yeah, to yeah. it uh no charlie's the wrong because she's the new action hero that we need mm. oh really yeah 
Yeah. You say that like you don't agree with it. I guess it's, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm just thinking about it for a minute. Yeah, I, I do enjoy, I did enjoy, uh, what was the last one? Uh, the, new, uh, the last uh, Fast and Furious? Atomic Blonde. Atomic, Atomic Blonde. Blonde. Oh, yeah. but which, you which is kind of the same movie as a lot of the. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, no, oh. no, no, that's fine. It's not a great movie, but it is well, a good one. I did enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> I have one more idea. Okay. So a podcast about like, where did they go? Jonathan Taylor Thomas from the mm. 90s. JTT to okay. you. Where he? Um, Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> I want to hear from him uh, and about his weird hipster band that only sings about pizza, which yeah. is a real thing. He's it looking good real. these days. Is he? Yeah, no, better. Well, better, better. not okay. good. Better. Yeah, not as homeless as he looked before. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, I think he's gone through some tough times and maybe he's on the upswing. He could be going down into the downswing again. Though. Mm-hmm. B. Arthur, she would just like start an interview and then be like, I'm sick of you. Get out of here. Because <laughs> yeah. she's a brassy broad and I love her. Wow. And she's dead, so. Oh, like you know what? A Golden Girls podcast there you go. Oh, from heaven. I am here for a Golden Girls. It podcast. could teach me about the Golden Girls because I've never seen it. Oh, didn't boy. make it. We, every now the and then we have these. Gosh, I'm I'm yeah. I'm really losing faith in you. <laughs> <laughs> so the second question I ask is, you know, what what piece of of technology that that you used for in the first time and said this is amazing. This is going to change my life. You guys are younger, so it, it, this usually oh. is a better question for maybe somebody who can say like a Walkman, yeah. but <laughs> and I can't say like a kettle because then it gives me tea. That's a great answer to that question. <laughs> I'll go for kettle. Uh, yeah, I'll take a... kettle for five. That's it. See, that's great. It's Victorian technology. All right. <laughs> hmm. I think the invention of LiveJournal.com was really important to me mm. because I could write my terrible poetry mm. and then other teens with terrible poetry would find it and then we would like chat and date. Mm. Do you yeah. feel like the written word is is really going away? I, I think that millennials write more than ever in a way. Yeah, we text all the time. In small bites. But do you <laughs> feel that, and as somebody who, who writes a blog, yeah. I mean, do you feel that the engagement and that the, the level of attention that people will give to a piece of writing has gone down? No, I think people are obsessed with think pieces now and everyone has an opinion and there's more people writing and I just see it going up. The trend is upward. Yeah. And, you know, the stereotype is, oh, millennials like X, Y, and Z, but not novels or something. But everyone I know reads. Mm. I went to the library yesterday and they were like, you again. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah. I always tell people that I, I, I think of podcasting, it, it, it elicits the same feeling in my brain that reading does. When I'm really into one, it's an escape. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's true empathy, and I'm, I'm like into it. So I, I see that, that it's the same part of the brain being used. So mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear that the that folks are reading, too, because my students are all illiterate. Uh, terrible. They're like <laughs> the worst. Hi, students. <laughs> oh, they're listening. They're watching right now. A couple of them work for hey. me. Z, our producer, she, she works for me. She's not illiterate, though. She's very smart. Um, so, like a true latchkey kid, television <laughs> is something that I love deeply. So I will say that the technology that changed my life was the DVR. The ability to oh. record mm-hmm. television shows, I wish I had when I was in high school and middle school, when I missed that episode of Martin and I came back to school and everybody was talking about <laughs> it. <laughs> you would have to wait for summer or never? I would never. have to wait for the rerun. Yeah. So the DVR has changed my life, and it's also... Uh, enabled me to watch more television than I probably should. But, hmm, what are you going to do? I realize this is going to turn out to be six or seven killer questions because I've got a couple more questions. Uh, the one question I ask everybody, which is really stupid, but I want you to think about it. I think you will appreciate it. If you were a sandwich personified, not your favorite sandwich, oh. but a sandwich personified, 
Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm look at grilled cheese. Look at me, <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay. Come on, I'm grilled cheese. <laughs> what, what, uh, what would you be? Oh, and why? Well, the first thing that came to mind for me was like a BLT, mm. but a jalapeno mm. BLT because oh. I like it spicy. Yes, I could be a little salty sometimes. So you get the mm. salt from the bacon there, <laughs> you know. So what, your BLT with just a ton of salt and with a ton of salt, but then also jalapeno as well. I like it. Yeah. Salt Bay LT. Exactly. (laughs) So that would be me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, my sandwich. I think the bread would look really good on the outside, but the inside would be kind of not commensurate with the quality of the bread. I really Whoa. feel yeah. <laughs> I mean, we need some. Like, <laughs> it sounds like you like 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 Vegemite on brioche. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Artisanal brioche, and then just like Nutella, but not even Nutella, just like store brand Nutella, <laughs> like some off-brand Nutella. Oh Why <laughs> is that? I don't know. Because you look fabulous, but inside you're a, you're a dark hole. <laughs> <laughs> your dead soul. You nailed it. <laughs> well, you know, you do hate Stranger Things, so I do. I do think part of your soul is dead. I do. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Inside is the upside down. Nutella's Outside great, is normal. Yeah, yeah exactly. it. Marmite. I'll, uh, there you go. Brioche with Marmite inside. There Marmite's it. great. Um, for me, I'm going to pick two pieces of pita. Mm. On brand. Um, <laughs> the foundation of that is hummus. Duh. Avocado, mash it in. Maybe some like cucumbers. You're millennial. Mm. Yeah. Avocado must be present Which is at all why times. I can't exactly. buy a house. Obviously. Because of avocado toast. And then here's the twist French fries. Put it all together. I'm a vegetarian, but I'm not a healthy one. So mm. I want French fries. I want to go to an early grave happy because of the French fries, which I'm obsessed with. Here for a good time, not for a long time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. What was the last podcast that you binged? Oh. Well, I, I listen to a certain podcast called The Read, Yep, which is <laughs> hilarious. Um, Emmanuel and I have that in common. And so I started watching, I started listening to it back in 2015. And when I'm caught up, I go back and listen to old episodes. So I'm sorry. Yeah, 2015. But they were around longer than that. Yeah. Um, so I listen to old episodes. So that and then also, um, uh, what is that? Um, Revisionist History with Malcolm oh, Gladwell. Oh, yes. You is my love other one. Malcolm Gladwell. I am obsessed with Malcolm Gladwell. He came to the station once and I he was in the booth with Michael Krasny and I kind of sort of stalked him through the window, but you know, hey. I don't think he'd mind. <laughs> I think he was probably <laughs> delighted yeah. by you hanging yeah. around the window. <laughs> I would yeah. be like, yeah, all right. See you later, Michael. No he sounded so happy exactly. on that one. I have a thing for smart guys. We've talked about this on the podcast before. What's that guy's name? G- David, David Gergen. Gergen. He's a political analyst. And he's Who? Brilliant. David Gergen. Oh, yeah. He's very smart. Mm. I don't know what he looks like, though. Uh. I thought you were going to say, yeah, he's very hot. <laughs> and I was going to be like, I need to go. <laughs> I would if he was, but I, I, I don't know. He's not. Uh, he, he's not. Okay. Yeah, well, he, but he's really smart. So what about the brain with you? Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Check out his brain. <laughs> Zombie. I also listen to the read. Mm-hmm. I've also been going back to listen to old episodes, and it's interesting to hear their evolution, <clears throat> specifically opinions about pop culture. In the beginning, they were like, Iggy Azalea is the coolest and the <gasps> best. And now they're like, oh, she is evil incarnate. Dead to us. And things change. And so it made me think twice about on our show, maybe saying, go check out our back catalog, because maybe there's stuff <laughs> like that in there. But we might be like trumpeting that, some really problematic folks. That is, is that dangerous for pop culture. Yeah. 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 But other than that, since that was Jameter's answer, I'll give something else. Food for thought. 
thought spelled T-H-O-T, that hoe over there. Wait a minute. Oh, you know, one of my students uh, was telling me Mm -hmm. to listen to that. So the cover image, three peaches. They look like butts. (laughs) And it is four queer men from New York. One of them is an indigenous poet. One of them is a ex-figure skater. One of them is a scientist. One's an editor. And they all come together and talk about books because they met at Tin House Residency in Seattle, I think. And they also talk about what they like to read and who they like to read. So that's what they say. Um, So they talk about pop culture as well. And the last episode was a book club. So it's all, you know, one minute they're talking about like low down and dirty sex in a locker room. And then they're like, so what my favorite part about this novel was (laughs) da da da. And so I like getting all of that from these four boys. You like that high to low switchback. And I love a good pun thought process or like spelled t-h-o-t it's really cute Mm. um i feel like i constantly binge um the podcast how did this get made i love it so much i have the biggest crush on jason manzoukas um i just think they're so funny um in terms of something i actually listened to from start to finish like intensely uh heavenscape uh glenn washington's Mm. uh exploration of that cult that Mm. tons of people died in in 1997 uh, it was great, and um, it made me feel better about the fact that I actually wanted to make something about that topic myself, and then I found out that Glenn Washington was going to be making a long-form podcast about that topic, and I thought, well, if anyone's going to do it, might as well be him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just had an idea for, th- this is a, a question just for you guys. I, uh, finish the sentence. The next big thing is? The next big thing is um, pretzel pizza? Really? It just yeah. came to mind. I don't know why. That, Did you just make it up or is just it something you've seen? I just made that up. You're like, no. I panicked. Uh, yeah, I'm just like, pretzel pizza sounds like a thing. Yeah. Well, Daniel. <laughs> you guys have your fingers on the pulse of like what's happening in hot right now. You are the hippest thing that NPR has. You better. We'll be stealing oh. that quote. Okay. <laughs> Maddie Stout from iHeartRadio says. <laughs> That's on the back cover of our first and only book, probably. <laughs> Do you have a, or do you want me to go first? Oh, I want you to go first so I have more thinking time. Gosh. Um, Next. Pizza pretzels. It's not avocado toast either. (laughs) I would love, if we're going to go with video podcasting and it's going in that direction, what about a hologram? Why not? And we can just be like in full effect, 360 degrees, and you can talk to us about how cute our butts are. I don't know. So we would literally be in this someone's is... living room talking well, to them I, and hologram. So I'll tell you what, I appreciate you guys testing out that question for me. I now know <laughs> do not ask that question to anyone again because nobody seems to have an answer unless said, you have one. Oh, God. Um, I'll, be, I'll be sincere. All right. I'll take the bait. You were talking about people actually still consuming long-form stuff, content, novels, yeah. just because you produce something that's short, like a text, doesn't mean you don't like consuming longer stuff. And I think that stuff... Long stuff is just going to keep getting longer. (laughs) (laughs) That's my sincere answer. I want to put that on the back cover of my book. (laughs) Long stuff. Don't twist my words now, please. (laughs) Folks, I've had so much fun. This was great. Yeah, Yeah. I love this. We'll do it again. We'll we'll come up. I want to have you guys on and we'll we'll do a show where we we do a podcast roundup or something. I don't know. That'd be awesome. And um, I really appreciate Carly. Uh, Jamidra and Emmanuel, thank we you. We appreciate you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for coming on.